Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we rank, officially, once and for all, all nine console Zelda games. Definitively. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis. Joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. How are you, Mark? I'm doing great. Yeah, we got I think some uh, some good energy in here. I today. think so. I'm I'm really excited for this week. Yeah. So if it wasn't totally clear from the teaser at the top or whatever we call that, the cold open. Yeah. We are going to rank. We've assembled our own lists mm-hmm. separately. Separately. Uh-huh. We have not conferred with this. In fact, a couple times Mark's been like. Hey Patrick, what'd you put for number one? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and we're I gonna... just want to know. No, it's this. Is, we got to work it out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the That's end, that's right. Of... We're going to reconcile mm-hmm. our two lists and then make a definitive NCS ranking of the console Zelda games. Just the console Zelda games. That's right. Uh, and it will it will be definitive. There will be no way to argue with this list. It will be the only. It'll be the only appropriate ranking. But then let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. We've got other things to get to. How first. are you doing? I'm doing uh, I'm I'm doing well. Um kind of like uh I had a, a little bit of a weird experience. Uh I called my mother yesterday for Mother's Day. Shout yeah. out to moms. Shout out to moms. Big ups to moms. Big ups to moms. Although maybe minus a few points for not really understanding phones. <laughs> I had called my mother, uh, and we were talking for a little bit. Her phone cut out, and so I was like, it's okay. I'll, I'll call again. So I called the house. No answer at the house. Called her cell phone. No answer on the cell phone. And I was like, okay, well, left a, left a voicemail. The only person in the world I'll leave a voicemail for, my mother. Um, and then she calls me today to be like, I'm sorry I missed when you recalled. I thought... <laughs> I, I thought I thought we got cut off, and you just didn't call me back. <laughs> like what? What's happening? It's a very confusing Mother's Day. Also, experience. pretty pretty passive aggressive to not call you. Yeah, to just kind of be like, fine. He doesn't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have anything to say to her. So, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, weather report. Weather report. Uh, a little chilly. Yeah, but nice. Yes, really it, nice. Agreed. It's not. It's not been like raining or anything like that it's all been like pretty mellow mark what have you been playing well we've both been playing donkey kong country 2 diddy's conquest of course boy have we um and a episode of ncs classic edition like our playthrough our play along of the game yes is coming out on thursday Mm -hmm. and we're really hitting the point where we don't love this game. Oh, I would say that we are getting to the point where the recordings border on insanity. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are not not having a good time playing this game, but we won't belabor the point here. No, no. Okay. I'm I have also been playing Zelda 2, a game that I had never really played before. This is Zelda 2: The Adventure of Link. That's right. And I tried it a little bit when I got the NES Classic Edition in November and uh, in preparation for this week's episode, I have been playing more of it, mm-hmm. and so I won't 
um right we'll stow that dive a too bit. much but i right. but like oof, not loving this game okay and uh and i finished breath of the wild uh, how how did that feel for you, or sh- is this also Zelda talk that we should save for the? No, I I, I don't know how much this will come up um, in our definitive ranking. Right, definitive, definitive. But um, so did you get? I can't remember. Did we talk about this on mic or not? Did you get all all the memories? No. So okay. I I am missing three of the memories. Uh, so I have to go back and pick those up. So I kind of accidentally finished this game. Okay. Because I was going to retrieve one of the memories. So basically... It's I, in I, Hyrule Castle? Yeah, so I'd yeah. never gone into Hyrule Castle before, but then um, uh, I just started like exploring it. Yeah. And there's one area where you get the memory, and then I was like, oh, cool, now I'm going to go back to Impa and like finish this quest or whatever. Yeah. And I just keep... But, you know, I want to explore. So you right. keep walking forward there. just a few steps, and it's like, oh, here's Calamity Ganon. Right. Here, uh, fight him. Um, and I guess I could have quit and then exited. But it's sort of like, why not? Yeah, that's how it felt. Um, and so the ending is very abrupt, like where you're just like, oh, it's over. Um, I mean, kind of, yeah. I, I, I feel that way about all of the Divine Beasts, though. That, like, mm, you're kind of going through them, and then, like, you reach a point where, like, oh, you're fighting this thing, and, oh, that's over. No, I, I meant more, like, the, like, story-wise, like, cutscene-wise. Oh, sure. So, uh, I guess, like, spoiler warnings, because I do want to actually talk about what happens. Okay, so, that's, so, we'll, we'll say the next, like, minute or so yeah yeah yeah. we'll we'll pack it down like a minute okay minute Uh, the the next minute will be spoiling the legend of zelda hold on i want to get a stopwatch okay yeah so we so so we're precise here uh uh-huh um uh a minute from right now go okay so um since i didn't have all the memories Mm because there's 13 there's you get the 12 or however many there is and then and then there's once you go it's like hey there's one final one so I had the 12, but not the 13th one. And is this what happened to you? Zelda's like, do you really remember me or something like that? And then end. And then it's gone. And it just feels so like weird and abrupt. And my understanding is that when you have all 13, there's a little bit more to it. But I don't know if, if that little bit more is I mean, um, if, like if, a satisfying little bit more. If all it does is like wrap up their relationship relationship stuff, I feel like that's important. Because so much of those flashback stories is about like... Zelda kind of hating Link and being like, "I it's so easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard for me." Um, uh, that's yeah. that's about the end of our spoiler yeah. area, by the way. Okay, great. That's all I wanted to say. So if if you're back here now, we are not talking spoilers now. A, a couple seconds to like get back into it. No more spoilers for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, obviously the game is much more than whatever we just spoiled. Yes. And so it, it's not like it, it detracts from the game, but it does feel very like, huh. Also, um, jeez. One of these days, we just got to have like a spoiler-filled one. <laughs> but I'll talk to you more about it. Sure. Yeah, we'll talk, yeah. We'll talk more about it off mic, yeah. too, I'm, I'm sure. Um, what, what else have we been... Uh, that's a lot of games that you've been playing. Lots of Zeldas. Um, I've been playing... Have you been playing Mario Kart more? Uh, no, because I was trying to do a lot of Zelda stuff this week. Yeah, I get you. Um, I 
played a lot of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe this weekend, um, specifically the 200cc mode, um, which I had forgotten how insane it is. Um, I had I just had a ton of fun with it. Uh, it's so much of that game I've played over and over and over again, and the 200cc was always like a, a weird novelty for me, but to actually dig into it and try to get good at those tracks at that speed was a lot of fun. It seems like 200cc is what the uh, like auto steering or whatever they call it like auto was <laughs> yeah, made the, for the, the safe steering the or, safe yeah. steering where you can't like fall off the edge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. Are, <laughs> I did the uh, the circuit that ends with the new Rainbow Road. It's like the special circuit or whatever it's called. And there was one turn on the Rainbow Road that I always fell off of. Could not not fall off of it. Didn't matter if I'm like slamming on the brakes and skidding and not accelerating. I'm just going to fall off at this point. <laughs> I did not get three stars in that circuit. Um, and then I've also been playing, continuing to play Puyo Puyo Tetris, uh, which is just, it's it's great. I really like that game. I kind of can't get it. I mean, Tetris, like, how do you how how do you do Tetris wrong? And then, like, to discover Puyo as, like, a another game like that that I can play and sink my teeth into, I'm really, really happy with it. It looks insane. It is insane, but yeah. But, like, in a fun way. Like, it doesn't look like it takes itself very seriously. No, I mean, it's, it's like, aggressively... It's aggressive, like, in its nonsense, you know? Um, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and Sarah and I can play it together, so that's all, that's all very good. Uh, Mark, let's move on into the news. Nintendo has detailed their plans for E3. Hey, E3. Pretty, pretty much n- no surprises here. They're um go it's going to be headlined by the first ever opportunity to play Super Mario Odyssey. And then they're going to be focusing mostly on Switch games. Yes. Uh, in, so- in 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 uh, an event that they're calling a Spotlight. Um the no no mention of of the of the phrase Nintendo Direct in in their plans. Right, but it's going to be like a broadcast, basically yeah. like a Nintendo Direct, like they've done for the past couple E3s at this point. Yeah, I'm just I'm only noting that the branding of the video has changed for whatever reason. They're also doing ARMS and Splatoon 2 tournaments that'll be live streamed from the show floor and uh, the return of Nintendo Treehouse live at E3. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, um, I mean... W- I feel like our expectations for Super Mario Odyssey are like, whatever, show me the game. You know, I don't, I have no specific expectations or like asks for it. I kind of just want to see the game in action. Um, but uh, this like the Nintendo Spotlight thing, do we have any kind of like expectations about what we're going to see in that? Or, um, you know, it, it seems like, uh, Arms and Splatoon Two are already getting kind of uh, a, a spotlight in the terms of um, this tournament. Um, any idea what kind of stuff we're going to see? I feel like, and I, I think we talked about this last week. We should all lower our expectations, right? Because Nintendo has weird E threes. Like, there's just no always, like, always, 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 right? And so, uh. While I would love to be surprised, mm-hmm. I think it'll pretty much just be things we know about, and uh, 
including things we basically know are coming, like the Mario and Rabbids. Right. You think game. we're gonna you think we're gonna see like little stuff in there? Like are are they gonna bring up like any of the Nindies again? Like we still don't really know when right, like Stardew Valley. Sure. Yeah, I think we'll get like Pocket re- Rumble. I think we'll get like more information hopefully pocket rumble will be out by that point i'm gonna i'm gonna lose my mind i guess it's only a month away so no it's very possible that it won't be but um i mean yes i i think we'll see that stuff i think we'll see some surprise projects like that are smaller like how we saw like triforce heroes and stuff like that sure um i guess my i'm just not like expecting a huge like jaw-dropping reveal Right. I mean, this is Nintendo we're talking about. Like, they don't... Whatever they're going to show you, you're not going to expect it. And it's going to be like a, huh? <laughs> and it'll take you a little bit to, to like, get excited about it. Um, but then it'll be one of the best games you ever played. So you know, you know what's one game that we've heard persistent rumors about for a long time is Pikmin 4? Yeah. And so... Again, that's one of those games where, like, where does it fit in on Nintendo's release schedule for the year? Not really anywhere. So then do you talk about it at E3? See, I feel like there's going to be, like, one or two games they'll talk about that aren't going to come out till 2018. Well, see, I think that's a big question mark because uh, the their description of, of what they're going to do is that they're focusing on Switch through the end of 2017, which means... Like, there are so many other categories there, right? There's mobile, and there's 3DS, and there's 2018 and beyond. Um, and, you know, I feel like we're getting a, a pretty clear picture of what the rest of 2017 looks like on Switch. So, like, I don't, are there surprises in this thing, is, is I guess what I'm asking. I think there have to be, but they probably won't be surprises that we're, like, that we get amped about. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think there's room for more... in huge games yeah in 2017 and i don't know how much good it does them at this point to like really blow out their 2018 plans i i think we will see like one or two titles that are coming down the line yeah i i think there does need to be some sort of because you know it's it's a new console like it's you're not just buying what it is right now you know your zelda's a big deal and mario kart's a big deal um and then mario odyssey will be another big deal but like there needs to be some reason that you're like investing in this thing for the future, right? Sure. I just don't know that that needs to come at E3. Yeah, no. You know, a, you still have point. six more months to do right. like a blowout for winter 2018. You know. Yeah, I just we, we will see what um you know other other companies are planning to do in 2018. It would just be weird for Nintendo not to be participating in that same sort of. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get something. Yeah. Also, how many times has, you know, Sony or Microsoft announced something at their conferences that for the next year that either never came out or, right, you know, came out years later? Nine years later, Last Guardian. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it happens all the time. Uh, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Nintendo is developing a Legend of Zelda smartphone game. All right. Uh, r- reports are unconfirmed, but Wall Street Journal suggests that the game will be out in the second half of 2017, following the release of the mobile Animal Crossing game. So don't forget, Animal Crossing still coming out. Right, and it was supposed to come out before the end of March originally. Ye- it was oh, yeah, supposed to be right. one of Nintendo's like fiscal 2017 games and uh, that didn't y- happen 
and we don't have it noted here, but um, is it uh, DNA that's working on the Pokemon um, card game app as well? I don't, I don't know because I, and I think something's being conflated here because uh, that would be done by the Pokemon company, right? Just like um, Pokemon Go. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's accurate to say that Nintendo's working on a Pokemon card game. Like, I don't even know if they're involved. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, Zelda, that is news. Um, I don't know that I care about this. I, I, I mean, I, I, I care about it because I care about this company and I'm interested in what they do and how they do things. But, uh, I don't conceptualizing what a Zelda mobile game is. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, that's a good fit. It doesn't instinctively make sense to me. Yeah. It kind of remains to be seen what it consists of. Right. Um, and you know, how it's going to play, if it's going to, or how you, how it's monetized too, like that, that affects how I interact with a game. You know, I, I sort of liked Fire Emblem Heroes. I like Fire Emblem, but like I stopped playing it kind of because I was like, I don't want to fall into the hole where I might spend money on this thing. Yeah. I wonder if Super Mario Run is an instructive like example of how they would take a flagship franchise and turn it into some sort of. Where it's like it's like the franchise as we know it, but it's also um just a little bit different to try to fit mobile phones better. Yeah. I mean the the thing with Mario is that like it's Mario's always about like a joy of m- movement, right? So like you can tackle that by just being like, Oh, he's always running. Uh there you go. Problem solved. <laughs> Maybe it's a tingle game. May oh man, if it's that tingle game. Oh. <laughs> um and we have no indication of when that Animal Crossing game is. Yeah, I don't think they up. have given any updated information, except maybe other to say that it's coming out this fiscal year. But I don't even know if that's true. It's like we heard a lot about Nintendo's mobile plans before the Switch was released. Um, and, yeah, and post-Switch, they've... we haven't really heard that much. And I don't know if that's because obviously some games were delayed or if it's because the Switch is successful, and so they don't need the narrative of mobile as much right now. But, like, mobile brings in a ton of money for not that much development cost. Like, whether or not we need to hear that story, it just makes money, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I wonder if it's just that, like, Nintendo only has so much bandwidth, and, like, they can only express so many things at once. Um, and again, we think that they're this huge company and they're a big company, but they're not that big, you know? Yeah. Uh, the stylish brawler Dusty Raging Fist is coming to Switch as confirmed by PD Design Studio's official Twitter account. Uh, no release date has been announced, but Raging Fist is a sequel to the 2014 Dusty Revenge. Uh, so I was looking at uh, this Dusty Raging Fist website, and it looks kind of cool. The first game was not super well received. Um, was just like a, a Steam game that uh, it looks a, a little bit like a um, modern day Usagi Yojimbo. Um, you know, just rabbits with ninja skills beating beating people up. Which is cool, uh, and that sounds like a, a cool kind of game to bring to this. this I love those kind of like brawler games, like Final Fight style, uh, and to have one on Switch where you could just throw it down at a bar and play it anywhere um, seems cool to me. So there was a bunch of other games announced for Switch this week. Um, 
it's kind of a long list. Patrick, do you want to give me a beat and I'll just uh, go through it real fast? All right. Here's some stuff announced this week. Mm-hmm. Use your words. One Piece Unlimited World Red Deluxe Edition. Here's another one. Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. Slime Sand Flat Heroes Hyper Sentinel Shante Half Genie Hero. <laughs> All right, that's it, enough. <laughs> Inti creates uh, Makers of Blaster Master Zero. We'll be announcing two new Switch titles later this week <laughs> on May 20th and 21st in Japan. And just a note that Blaster Master Zero has sold 80,000 copies on Switch, which isn't like a huge number, but mm-hmm. that doesn't include 3DS. And they seem like they're pretty happy with it. So it'll be interesting to see what they announce in the next few days. Uh, I didn't really care for Blaster Master Zero. I played it a little bit, uh, and I never played any previous game in this series. Are there multiples? I think this is like a remake. Or a demake or uh, something. No, no, I'm pretty sure it's a remake oh. of Blaster Master. Okay. Um, I, I, it's, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see the hooks in it. Uh, you go back and forth between like an overhead map and like kind of side-scrolling in the tank, and I just don't. It's not. Not for me. Uh, let's talk about this, cause, uh, about Shantae, the half-genie hero. I haven't played any of these games. Me neither. They're all pretty well-regarded, though, right? That they're, like, decent side-scrolling, um, like, platforming adventure action games. Uh, but the Switch version of it will feature, quote, 150 custom-made HD rumble events. What? What what's a rumble event? Mark? I I mean I don't know what to make of this. In ge- I haven't been blown away by HD Rumble. Yeah, me neither. I don't know if it's because uh, the Rumble and the Joy Cons is feels very subtle to me. Like I don't think it's very um, like strong. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe I just haven't played a game that really utilizes it well. But it just feels like Rumble to me. I mean, I think even when it is strong, and I'm like, wow, that thing's really rumbling. I'm not like it's rumbling and I feel good about it. <laughs> you know, it's just it just shakes more. It just is louder in my hand, which I don't know how that like leads to greater immersion. Um, and I, I had a really hard time with the ball counting thing in. Oh yeah, uh, that I one, could switch. never get that right. To work. And I don't know, like it's. I mostly hear people being like, "Oh, but that HD rumble, you got to feel it to believe it," and I'm like, I don't. Do you? I felt it. I felt I it. do not believe it. I mean, I believe it, but I'm like, well, I don't know. How is this like a selling point? Why Why are we excited about HD Rumble? Um, I guess this is a game that's currently on the Wii U. So, um, oh, so this, yeah, yeah. So this is like a port of the game, which makes a lot of sense because I bet a lot more people will buy it on uh, the Switch yeah, than absolutely. on the Wii U. Um, there's a there was also a Lego game in there, um, Lego Marvel Superheroes two. Uh, do we know if that's because I, I know some of the I was I guess I'm asking do we know what like version of it it is because there are always um, when they release the Lego games there's always like two of them, the console versions that's like the open world 
version of the game and then um uh the portable version which ends up being more of like a hub world experience do we know if this is going to be what this is going to be like i i didn't really uh look that closely into it yeah um i guess i'm assuming that it's going to be uh like the console version yeah big big and open world mm-hmm. uh how do you feel about the the lego games i think they're fine yeah like i played a few of them mm-hmm. like earlier in their existence and they seem they're solid they're yeah. fun co-op exp- experiences um yeah, it's a, a formula that I don't really feel like I need to own every entry or did, necessarily ever go back to. Right. Did Did you play any uh, Lego Force Awakens at all? No, because that was uh that game is like a, a appreciably better for for my tastes than in what way? Uh, it felt more like focused and varied at the same time. Like, I've I've played the um. Uh, Lego Batman 2 and I think the the first Marvel game um and both of those are they have these big open worlds of either like Metropolis or um Gotham City or New York and I, it, it all feels very like then like wander over here and then find your way into a level um and it all felt very kind of samey in the way that you actually approach stuff but uh, the Force Awakens is—it's just the story of the one movie, right? And it everything just feels very specific. Like your there are turret sections where it's based on like turret style gameplay, or where you're flying spaceships. It feels like they actually spent some time making sure the spaceship combat was fun instead of like just something that's kind of tacked on to the the rest of the games. Um, what what did you play it on? Uh, Wii U actually, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But uh, yeah, so I, I all of which is to say, I think that the new Lego, any new Lego game could could learn from that. I'm not particularly hopeful that Lego Marvel Two is that, but that's uh, that's it. Disgaea Five Complete has over a hundred and ten thousand pre-orders between North America and Europe. That's that's a pretty big number for a game like this yeah especially it sold uh, somewhere around like twenty thousand units uh and counting but in total in japan Mm -hmm. so um i think it kind of shows that especially in the west people are hungry for games on the switch yeah like they want to buy more and for like media experiences too right like i think we're probably representative of how like actual people are playing zelda and are like just wrapping up with it now um by the way i went in to see i i found like my profile thing and could see how long i've been playing zelda um and it, it the switch claims that i've been playing that game for over 90 hours which was surprising to me i did not think it would be that high um it says you've been playing for uh over 65 hours um but man we've played that game a little bit yeah and that's nothing compared to what some people have put into it. Right. Right, right, right. I know there's a uh, I haven't checked it yet, but I know that the the percentage that shows up on the on the map screen after you beat it 
is like laughably low for everyone that everyone's like wait a minute i've completed 21 percent of this yeah game. i think mine was like 23 or something percent yeah i wonder if, is that because i i have less than 100 korok seeds i mean there are 900 korok <laughs> seeds in this game i know i've said it before and i will say it again right now it seems like you should not be able to turn around without running into a korok and yet here we are. <laughs> but yeah, so people are ready for that next experience, that next like single player, uh, deep kind of role playing experience on this thing. Uh, and so that is, I guess, the the role that Disgaea 5 is filling. Mark, uh, let's take a quick break. Mark, I think we need to talk about MechWeldon.com. Okay. They're sponsoring this episode. Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently wearing some McWeldon socks. I'm wearing some McWeldon underwear. Oh, how does it feel? It feels amazing. Uh, the socks feel similarly amazing. Um, they're just good. I, uh, I, I never expect things to actually feel good on my body. I'm always like, well, this is going to be another horrible thing I have to endure. Uh, but it's not been the case with uh, McWeldon stuff. Yeah, I mean, not to get too uh, intimate... Here we go. But uh, so I wear uh, boxer briefs mm -hmm. and like a boxer brief done wrong can be very uncomfortable. You can get the worst of both worlds. Yep. Um, not the case with these. I've been very happy with them. Uh, I, I've also been uh, very happy with my uh, underwear. I wear a brief, which can is also easy to mess up uh, and easy to make you look stupid. With like some bad looking briefs. Again, this is not what's happening at MechWeldon.com. No. Uh, so if you go to the website and you enter the promo code Nintendo, uh, you can get 20% off on your order and you can get comfortable. Stuff is also um, advertises as antimicrobial, so it doesn't smell as bad. So here's the thing. Like, let's say you're a boxer briefs guy mm -hmm. and you're like, maybe I want just regular briefs. Or you're a briefs guy and you're like, I'm going to go Mark style and get boxer briefs and you don't like it right no problem you can return an exchange no questions asked but it's a not a return it's just a you get to keep it oh yeah they've got no use for your dirty underwear yeah that's right <laughs> you keep it it's like a zero risk proposition yeah you keep it and they'll they will still refund you no questions asked which is a pretty good deal seems like it'd be easy to take advantage of why anyway, didn't we take advantage of this? I don't know. <laughs> because they gave us some uh they gave us access to some stuff. Listen, you use the promo code Nintendo and it'll be like you're getting access to it for 80% as much as you normally would. MacWeldon.com promo code Nintendo. Remember a few weeks, maybe months back at this point, we were talking about Rhyme oh, on yeah. Nintendo Switch and how it was going to cost $10 more on the Switch than other consoles. Yes. Uh, for and we were like, it's going on cartridges. They're more expensive than mm -hmm. discs. Uh, well, it turns out that it's going... They've changed their mind. Before, the both the digital and the physical release were going to cost the same amount, which mm -hmm. was $39.99. Um, but now the digital version is going to have price parity with the Xbox and PS4 versions. And so that'll be $29.99. Mm -hmm. The physical version will still be $39.99, but each copy will include a download code for the Rhyme original soundtrack, okay. which they are going to be selling separately for $10. 
So I I feel like that's a really good way for them to kind of like split the difference. Yeah, for sure. Because like uh, otherwise it'd be unprecedented, right? To be like day one, you can buy this thing for you know three quarters of the price if you buy it digitally versus physically. But if the physical package has something extra in it that sort of justifies it. Yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense to me. It makes the choice easy for me, like digital, right? There's no reason to buy this thing physically. You don't need that soundtrack. You got YouTube. You don't need that soundtrack. I mean, I'm buying all my games digitally. Right. So there's that. Um bad news if you're living in Australia mm. that this for some reason does not apply to you. And I'm pretty sure uh, the game is going to be the same price that was announced previously, which is like twice as much. I think it's like 59 um, Australian dollars or like 69 Australian dollars, like something that was crazy. Games cost too much in Australia, and I don't know why. I don't, I don't understand either. There's just someone down there who's like pulling the money levers who like doesn't like video games. Is it because it's a smaller, like I know Australia is a large country, but like, like a just, smaller market? Yeah, like a smaller market that is very expensive to market and ship to. I, I mean, I could understand it being expensive to ship to, but why is it more expensive to market there? Is Australia more like culturally different enough that you had to like run different ad campaigns and market things differently? Or? Well, and this is very uninformed speculation. We but I, know all there is to know. <laughs> about business in australia well i but i think they have their own rating system yeah you know and like things like that where uh well and they're they're big on uh video games get censored for sex and violence there a lot right i believe so um so yeah i wonder if that's like part of it that there's like another layer of um like certification that they need yeah or maybe there's like a their vat tax on it or something is really high I don't really know. If you live in Australia or are just more informed than we are, <laughs> let us know. No, 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 no. I only want to hear from Aussies. I don't want to hear anyone more informed than me. Ugh. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, some Switch owners who have downloaded Minecraft Switch Edition are reporting a screen capture bug. Apparently, the systems are just like randomly taking screenshots without the button being pressed. What? What? Is, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the systems will like wake themselves up from sleep mode to do it. Okay, so first of all, Nintendo Switches, sentient Nintendo Switches, uh, st- stay stay asleep, st- please. There's nothing on that screen for you to grab <laughs> if you're asleep. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, yeah, this is this is a weird one, right? Like, uh, I mean, I I there must be something in Minecraft that was like going to interact with the uh the share the screen grab feature in like some more meaningful way and it just made it like too thirsty or something i don't know it could just be a bug (laughs) could just be a bug um we don't have any word on if anyone will ever patch this thing out but like i assume i i mean i assume that'll be patched i there's no reason for microsoft not to support this as well as they support like any of the other versions um and i i Here's something that I half read. Yeah, is that uh, in docked mode, uh-huh. it's uh capped at 720p, like it is in handheld mode, and apparently that's some sort of uh like bug that could eventually be fixed in the future. It's not really a bug. Don't write me. 
I, I'm half reading unless this. unless you're an Aussie. Yeah, then. unless you're in Australia, and then <laughs> please, yeah, then it's totally fine. Um, uh, but yeah, it's like not really a bug. It has something to do with it being docked and undocked, or because that's something that obviously has to be written into code is the ability to like dock and undock it and have it right uh, transfer between the two. And apparently, it's something with that. Um, so not really necessarily a bug, but something that could be so, yeah, fixed in the future. I think I half read this same <laughs> article <laughs> that there is potential in the future for uh, the docked mode to run at higher resolution than it currently is. So here's the thing about the Switch in general is I bl- really love using this system mm-hmm. that I am, I've never played Minecraft before, but I'm like... I, if I'm ever going to play it on any system, it's going to be the Switch. Right. Uh, so, okay, the last time we talked about, uh, so I guess last week, um, when we were talking about Minecraft on Switch, we were both like, yeah, interesting. Not for me. I'm not 12. Are you thinking now that, like, there's reason for you to get into? Th- I know you said, if ever, then now. Yeah, and I don't think it will be now. The answer's still no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have time, and I don't yeah. care enough. But uh, I really like using the Switch. Like we've talked about before, I want every game to be on the Switch. Absolutely. And so it's so much easier for me to be like, the, like the idea of booting up my PS4 to play Minecraft is like a soul deep sigh. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to do that. It's a... <laughs> That's the sigh. <laughs> but like on the Switch, it feels frictionless. Yeah. It, it feels like it's happening before you know it's happening. Also, did we talk about this last week? And with week? Minecraft, it could be. It could, it could be. It could wake itself up <laughs> and be like, I'm taking all these pictures. <laughs> did we talk about this last week that you can now save credit card information on... No, because it happened while we were recording. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that's a news item that uh, we'll, ju- we'll just stumble our way through right now. <laughs> you can now save credit card data on uh, the Switch eShop, which uh, is awesome. Also... Um, there's like a view all button in recent releases in the recent releases section, which I guess is something new. I have to admit, I don't entirely understand what functionality this adds because view all. Yeah. I don't, I just to see all the games. Right. But doesn't that already happen? Or, or I guess I haven't scrolled all the way down on the switches eShop recently. So maybe it's, maybe it's truncated there. Maybe it's truncated now. Yeah, Since maybe. there are like so many Neo Geo games oh, coming up the works. This is something I didn't say when we were talking about games that we were playing. I'm playing Garu Mark of Wolves. Oh. Mark of the Wolves. Um, it's fun, but like all new fighting games, I'm not good at it right now. Well, so how many of these Neo Geo games have you picked? Oh, these Neo Geo fighting games have you picked up? Uh, three. I picked up the first World Heroes game that they offered. Um, this one and Sam Show 4. Are they appreciably different? I mean, that's they're all so maybe not. Uh, there's uh, World Heroes and uh, Garu are I feel like are appreciably different, and the sort of like outer systems around um Garu is they they do seem genuinely cool, and like I think the game looks and plays better than both those other two. Um, so I am actually excited to put more time into it. Um, and Samurai Showdown is actually more of a, like, nostalgia move for me. Like, I, I like the Samurai Showdown games, um, but Mark of the Wolves was one that I never got a chance to play before, um, and the characters that I've messed around with so far all seem really cool and versatile and have movesets that are fun and exciting, even after having played, 
you know, a million different versions of Street Fighters 2, 3, Alpha, 4, 5, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's... I If they keep putting them up there, I won't keep buying them, but I did buy three of them. <laughs> I guess what I don't... And this is just comes from uh, more ignorance because I never really have played any of these Neo Geo fighting games, and I'm not super into fighting games in general. Mm-hmm. So is it, like... Finding one that you like, is it, are all their, like, the mechanics pretty much the same? Like, they all, like, handle the same? And it's just finding, like, which group of characters do I enjoy using the most? That's, like, the game that I glom onto. So, a little bit. A lot of the, especially as far as SNK fighters are concerned, that they have a lot of similar, they feel very Street Fighter-y in a lot of ways. Um, but just in, in the way that um, games handle like grapples or special moves or how you cancel out of something to like chain moves together into combos, like that's going to be all subtly different between, you know, these different series. And, you know, like Samurai Showdown, the characters have weapons. Sometimes they have support characters, uh, like pets, basically. Um, so, like, they all, in, in addition to being cosmetically different, which is n- not insubstantial, right? Like, if th- that's why the Injustice 2 is coming out this week, right? Like, that's going to be a big deal because it's got DC characters in it. Um, Samurai Showdown, in part, is cool because it has samurais in it. Um, and uh, Mark of Wolves, part of why it's so cool is that it looks great, right? It's got all of this amazing um, pixel art and the characters are just really coolly designed. So it's it's both, right? That like um, they have, there are gameplay differences, like fundamental gameplay differences and also um, they're just aesthetically so different. I like how like every month or so we have a mini segment where you just explain fighting games to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we are going to do it every month. <laughs> I like it. Good, I'm glad, because I have no reason to stop. (laughs) Let's get into some new releases. All right, on May 16th, which is today, when this is releasing... Because you're listening to this the day it comes out. Mm -hmm. uh, Cooking Mama Sweet Shop is on the 3DS. Have you ever played any of the Cooking Mama games? No, sir, I have not. I totally bought, um, I think, the first one when it was on DS. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty fun. Uh, for what they are. Tell me about it. Is it a, is it like a, because in my mind right now, any cooking game is uh, just overcooked. So I see it as like a frantic action game. Is that right? <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's basically like my memory of it anyways, is that like mom is like, okay, here's a recipe. And then it's a, um, it's not, it's not a rhythm game, mm-hmm. but it is about like trying to, f- you like crack the eggs in the griddle and then you have to cook it for the right amount of time. And then. You know, and there's like visual and sound cues to let you know no. when it's time to add the next ingredient and stuff like that. But it is an instruction following game. Kind of. I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Thumper is coming out on Switch on the 18th, mm-hmm. so on Thursday. Um, I watched the trailer for it. It looks pretty cool. Remind me what Thumper is. It's like um an. It's the rabbit from Bambi, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so you're on, like, this, like, rocket sled type thing that's on a, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's almost like, uh, uh, so it's on, like, a track, and you should just watch the trailer, because me describing it, I'm hearing myself, and it's just more confusing, (laughs) but it's, like, a rhythm game where you're on rails, and you're, like, 
and then there's like a big like demon thing and i mean it sounds rad (laughs) (laughs) yeah the trailer's awesome uh and then the neo geo game for the week coming out thursday is galaxy fight universal warriors no idea what that is um i'm gonna guess it's a fighting game or it could be one of those overhead uh like you're in a spaceship oh shoot em up thing Mm -hmm. and then on friday we have fire emblem echoes shadows of valentia yep are you picking that up i am going to pick that up yes and I've got my um, Alm and Celica Amiibos. Celica? Celica? Uh, isn't Celica like the little packets? It's the little gels get... that you're not supposed to eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to keep food like moisture, like sucks moisture in. I mean, I don't think you use it in conjunction with food. You put it in like your shoes or something, right? No, it, it, it's in like beef jerky packets. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Food that needs to stay dry. Yes. Or turns back into like raw meat. Into real food. What? Into like animals. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happens if you don't. I, I haven't seen Alien Covenant yet, but that's what I'm banking on. <laughs> uh yes so i've I've got the the amiibo are pre-ordered and i'm gonna pick up the game on on friday all right do you have any interest in checking that game out so i am interested in theory in getting into a fire emblem game mm-hmm. i don't know if this is a good one to like a good entry point because it doesn't seem super uh like what's the word i'm looking for basically it doesn't look like it shares a lot in common with the other Fire Emblem games. It it seems like it is not representative That's of modern the word. Fire Emblem. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I got it! <laughs> yeah, I mean, the two most recent Fire Emblem games have such a huge focus on relationships and, um, like, to the point where the characters have children together and how you how they interact with each other both on the battlefield and in um like little dialogue trees in cutscenes that all affects how their children fight and a lot of that relationship stuff is stripped out of this because it you know this is a remake of the second fire emblem game fire emblem gaiden um which you know is just a more straight up tactical experience so yeah i mean i'm i'm at this point, uh, kind of interested in seeing, because those are the only games I, I know, really, is uh, Awakening and Fates and Heroes, I guess. Um, so for me, I, I'm excited for it to be a little bit of a twist on uh, what we know Fire Emblem to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if you're thinking that you want to get into a Fire Emblem game, you don't know if this necessarily this is going to be the one for you. Awakening, you can grab for 20 bucks, uh, and that game's amazing. And then also, you know, next year we're going to get one of these on the Switch, which, as discussed, is the only way we want to play games. So, I don't know. I'm excited for this game, even if it ends up being a a dud for me. Um, I like Fire Emblem enough that I'm excited to give it a shot. Do you think there's a risk of Nintendo? Because for a while we had no Fire Emblem games. And now, like, we are hard and heavy into Fire Emblem. And do you think they have a risk of like burning out the franchise? I think that's possible. I would also be willing to bet that if the next Fire Emblem game, the one after um, uh, Echoes, was coming out on 3DS, that, that, that people would be like, okay, that's enough. But the fact that it's coming out on Switch, I think that's a different enough audience and a different enough platform that 
there won't be that same reaction. Yeah, I just don't know if it can like sus- if it's a franchise that can sustain yearly installments. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that for sure. But like, I don't know if if there's a Fire Emblem coming out every other year, like a, a real Fire Emblem game coming out every other year with, um, you know, Fire Emblem here, not Heroes. What's the uh, um, the Dynasty Warriors one is just called Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors. If they have like spin-off games coming out in the off years, I feel like that's still that's still sustainable. Um and that people will only like the characters more and you like like that aesthetic more. Um and I feel like it's been a slow burn for Nintendo, right? Especially in the West of like sneak those guys into Smash Brothers and then like slowly convince people that these games are worth playing and so I think they're just cashing in on it now of being like, "Oh, Everyone likes Fire Emblem. <laughs> and then finally on Friday, the uh, standalone Switch dock is going to be released in limited quantities. I have a feeling that if you haven't pre-ordered one, they're going to be really hard to find. You think so? Because it's, I mean, I agree just because that's Nintendo and they went out of their way to say limited quantities, which means they printed like six of these things. <laughs> but like, what's the what's the market for this? Like, Two, two, like I think it's not uncommon for households to have more than one TV. Yeah, but I mean though, and and I agree that it is like abstractly appealing in that regard. But also, like if you want to play the Switch in a room where the dock isn't, you just do it. You don't need a dock in another room. That's true, but I I think uh. Like, I've been playing in handheld mode more than I expected to, mm-hmm. but I was also, I think today there was an article, or yesterday, since you're listening to this on Tuesday, which you are. And you're liking and subscribing <laughs> and telling your friends. Uh, there was an article in Kotaku, talk, and it just like somebody's personal essay talking about how they haven't taken it out of the dock at all. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, the nice thing about the Switch is people can experience it in different ways if they want to, and some people prefer to play it just on a tv and i think the doc makes that possible so the the interesting i read the same article (laughs) um i scrolled down to the bottom and there is a poll uh asking people like how do you play it and there were three options and three options were um i i mostly play it in handheld mode i mostly play it on the tv and i have no preference i switch back and forth and it's 25 percent tv 25% 25% handheld and 50% I switch back and forth. So it seems like every there is no consensus on how to play this thing. Uh, and this isn't driving at any specific point other than I just think that's neat. Yeah, I mean again, there's the nice thing about the Switch is that it doesn't feel compromised. Yes, no matter how you play it. Yep. Uh and so if you need that other Switch dock, um, you know, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Mark, let's move out of the news. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark... I want to talk about the concert-going experience, going to concerts. Now, you went to a concert this weekend. I did. Um, Sarah and I went to an Amy Mann-Jonathan Colton concert at the Theater at the Ace Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. I said hotel weird. Hotel. (laughs) Um, And I like Amy Mann a lot. I like Jonathan Colton a lot. 
Um, it was evident. That, so he, he was opening for her, right? Um, and he wrote um, a couple songs on, on her new album. And his new album is put out on her record label. So they're obviously working together, right? Um, most people there were there for Amy Mann. Um, and like you could tell, because people were coming in late and uh, also uh, people were really laughing at the jokes in Jonathan Colton songs as though they'd never heard the lyrics before. Anyway, <laughs> the, the point I want to drive at here is uh, I don't, Sarah and I were bringing down the, the age curve by quite a bit at an Amy Mann concert. Um, and uh, it's amazing to me that like it, being inconsiderate with your phone knows no age. <laughs> um, there were people who were filming like entire songs from Amy's set um, on their phones. And it's just like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing with that? What you, are you going to take that to like a party later or like to brunch the next morning and be like, oh, here's when she played Save Me. And then like have your dining companions watch this whole video. What is this, Mark? <laughs> Um, have have you experienced this? People like have have you experienced this? I guess not, is my question. Not at a concert, but I, I I haven't gone to a concert in a while. Yeah, because I find the experience of other people to be obnoxious. Right. Well, and it's like you have to get there. Getting, you know, I I mean, getting to a concert is terrible. The you know, like, do you show up late? Do you show up early? Um, I mean, I get, it depends on how much of the show you want to see, right? Basically, like, if it's not an intimate show, mm-hmm. or I didn't throw down a bunch of money to like be close, yeah, then I'm not super interested. Like, you go to the Hollywood Bowl and you're sitting like super, super far back, and it's like you might as well be watching on somebody's cell phone, right? Well, and like the Hollywood Bowl is almost a different experience, totally, right? because it's it's that huge like concert venue where it's kind of like half picnic and half like whatever it is when you go see fireworks, you know, <laughs> where like, eh, we're outside and we're all uncomfortable, but we're cool with it. Um, yeah. I- I'm also a lot more of the like intimate uh, audience. Like I love seeing shows at Largo in LA. It's, it's just big enough that like it's a real room, but small enough that it's not, um, that it's not, uh, you know, stupid like that. And they've got such, they're very strict about like no cell phones. Um, and no talking on anything um, while, while you're in here. Um, I wonder if we're a little bit spoiled at all by the comedy theater experience in L.A. Um, because, first of all, we've been around it for so long that that's so comfortable. that like, And we're just not surrounded. Like, everyone is a little bit over it, right? So, like, no one's pulling out their phone to, like, film someone, a part of someone's set, right? Um, and everyone just like there to have the experience and then leave. And maybe that's part of you spend $5 and you sit six feet away from the performers. I don't know. I, I, was, I was thinking about that, how different it is to see a big concert um, versus seeing a small comedy show. Yeah. I, uh, the first concert I ever went to mm-hmm. was a BB King concert. All right. And I, w- I was maybe like, I want to say like 10. And he came to the city we were living in. My dad took me and my siblings. Yeah. And that was, like, at the time, I thought it was fun, but, like, didn't really have 
any sense of what was going on. Yeah. But it's also weird when uh this like jazz legend is playing to a half empty like oh, auditorium. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, yeah, that is weird. Uh, what's what's uh your favorite concert experience? What's the best concert you ever went to? Hmm. Or even just a good one. <laughs> uh oh, I guess we'll never I know. I guess we'll never know. Um the concert that we were just participating in. Um uh, we were accompanied by Sam Moffat. Um so thank you, Sam. Mark, you and I have a task ahead of us. Let's get to our rankings. <laughs> All right. I don't know how we're going to approach this. Okay. We are ranking all, every single console Zelda game. Let's start by laying out the ground rules. Yeah. What games are we talking right. about? Right. So no spinoffs. Um, right. No spinoffs. And we're kind of doing, we're approaching every game more or less holistically. So like when you say Wind Waker, we mean Wind Waker and Wind Waker HD. Yeah. Ocarina of Time includes the 3D remake. Right. Um. So we are going to be, covering uh zelda the original like legend of zelda right zelda 2 <laughs> the adventure of link link to the past mm-hmm. ocarina of time majora's mask wind waker twilight princess skyward sword and breath of the wild so those nine games right and obviously there this leaves out a lot of handheld games a lot of borderline masterpieces link between worlds we'll get link's to Awakening. those we we'll will get, get to, to those but so Patrick and I both made separate lists, right? And we will attempt to reconcile these lists, and we will not leave here right. until we have created a definitive ranking of these nine games that both Patrick and I agree on. Okay, so should we do this by going through our lists? Should we talk about each of the games? How how do you think? How how on earth do we do this? I think we should let's each read our lists, and okay. then we'll go from there. Okay. Just to see where we have uh, consensus mm-hmm. baked in already, and yes. where where we are massively in disagreement. Yes. Uh. So should I start? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So I will start from number nine and work my way up sure. to uh number one, and w- with very little to no explanation uh, right right now, and we'll we'll get to justifying ourselves in a bit. Okay. Right? Uh, at number nine, coming in with Skyward Sword as my least favorite. Number eight, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Number seven, Majora's Mask. Number six, Twilight Princess. Number five, The Original Legend of Zelda. Number four, Ocarina of Time. Number three, Wind Waker. Number two, Breath of the Wild. And number one, A Link to the Past. Okay. Here's here's my list. Right. Number nine, Skyward Sword. Okay. Number eight. Zelda 2. Okay. Number 7, The Original Legend of Zelda. Okay, all right. Number 6, Twilight Princess. Number 5, Wind Waker. Number 4, Ocarina of Time. Number 3, Majora's Mask. Number 2, Link to the Past. And number 1, Breath of the Wild. Okay. So, so not crazy. No, we're not, we're not crazy off. In yeah. fact, and I think we probably agree um, on uh, 8 and 9, mm-hmm. that Zelda 2 and Skyward Sword, bo- bottom of the barrel... Bo- bottom of a like gold-plated hovering in the air barrel. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were texting about this earlier today, but I have gone like since we talked about that this is what we were going to do this week. 
I've gone over this list over and over and shuffled things all over the place. Like yeah. this is made, you know, like the 20th iteration of this list because every time I do it, I look down there and I'm like, well, that's so low. Right. Yeah. And that's a really good game, but they're all really good games right. for the most part. So, so let's talk about those bottom two and maybe why they belong to be in the bottom two. So I think there's a little bit of a mea culpa to both of us. Yeah. Because neither one of us have really played all the way through Skyward Sword. Nope. Um, but I think that says something, doesn't it? That like we should have wanted to play a ton of Skyward Sword. Uh, and I have a copy of it, and I've attempted to start it twice. Um, and, you know, got through like the the forest dungeon or whatever it is. And just didn't build up the momentum to want to keep playing. And it's just, it is so saddled with its motion controls that, like, there's just no way around it being an awkward play experience. Yeah, there are a few things that happened for me. Like, I kind of got burned out on, like, Twilight Princess. Yeah. I didn't love Twilight Princess when it came out. And so when Skyward Sword came out, I was also, like, not really playing the Wii. Like, I didn't even have a Wii Motion Plus. Yeah. I had to borrow one. As did I, years later. And um, I think, and Skyward Sword, while the opening is definitely not as slow as Twilight Princess, it is still kind of slow and boring. I think it's as slow as Twilight Princess, really. Um, And so I was just like, do you know what? I don't really want to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that. And, I mean, maybe this is a poor barometer, but when the most recent set of Zelda Amiibo were announced, and it's like, one of these is uh, Skyward Sword, I was like, who cares? <laughs> like, I don't want it. I don't need Skyward Sword ephemera in my house. There are things that I think Skyward Sword does well. Okay. Um, Like, I think they were trying to split the difference between... uh giving like voice acting in the game and not having voice acting and the way they did that was by making link very expressive yeah it's probably the most expressive he's ever been like the animations in the game are really good um i would say outside of wind waker the toon link ha- is yes is absolutely. an expressive character um and i think wind waker does it but like the art style lends itself to it better yeah Although, uh, so i think it's more successful but i i, I think uh art style is something that um skyward sword does relatively well or at least it has a uh, clear like vision for its art style it feels kind of like a rough draft of breath of the wild to yeah kind of yeah visually speaking visually speaking yeah and it's, it is more distinct in that way than um like twilight princess which is going like kind of stylized but also is maybe too rooted in like photorealism or like trying to approach that and also by the end of the Wii's life, the Wii was really a tired platform. Yeah. And so it is, as much as the art style is good, it's an, an ugly game. Yeah, for like, sure. Um, yeah. And so much of the real estate is uh, taken up by the UI because they mm-hmm. have to show you like the Wiimote basically. Oh, yeah, on, and like, like how to, where everything is mapped to. Yeah. I think it, th- it's possible, it is possible that there is in five years a Skyward Sword remake that um, fixes the graphical problems and fixes the, the control problems 
and it can become one of the better games in the series. I don't I don't know that it actually moves it up our list at all. Maybe it can dethrone <laughs> Zelda 2. Which let's move on to sure. Zelda 2. Yeah. Um I kind of hate this game. <laughs> but I had, but I put it above Skyward Sword because I admire what it was like I admire its ambition mm-hmm. uh on such limited hardware. But I think it's basically unplayable. Um well, I've played it. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't I don't I I guess I I would push back against it being um unplayable. Um I think it's definitely dense and there's a lot that you can't in that is like hard to intuit about the game or even figure out. Um the fact that I'm able to bring whatever knowledge I have from my childhood with me as I like play this game and still have that final temple memorized um is a a totally important tool and i'm like the only reason i don't have it last on my list is because it is part of just my um it's part of my experience playing games as a kid i think if when you were a child were you able to figure it out by yourself or did you have did you like use guides i don't remember i i i'm sure i had some nintendo powers with um stuff in them but i i didn't have a like from beginning to end guide um so yeah i don't i think i probably pieced it together from playing it with friends seeing how they were doing it and from tips and tricks in nintendo power yeah because you like go into towns and it's like my mirror is missing or something right and you have to look under the table yeah and so it's just like what why would i possibly spend time doing that yeah i mean and that's i think for its time that was the sort of experience like this is a a stretch of a metaphor but like breath of the wild when you're like oh did you know that you can mount a lionel did you know that if you push the a button by this table there's a mirror under it you know um i guess the difference is that in breath of the wild if you miss something like that you're fine you're fine (laughs) yeah you're not like i just don't know what to do in this game yeah and i think the the game is is definitely more frustrating than than it needs to be um but I, I i like the way it innovates on um like action and dungeons and stuff like that uh and it also just i don't know the the size of the world for me at the time was was exciting well and i i think what's interesting is that at that point we didn't know what to expect from a zelda game because yeah. there had only been one of them before and yeah. so zelda 2 is very different and i admire that about it and but i it's just too it's too ambitious yeah, I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. It's also um, it introduces like magic spells. Um, I gotta say the the knights that you learn the upward and downward thrust from. First of all, kind of cool that they're just like knights teaching you how to do stuff. But that downward thrust, I feel like, is a link staple thanks to Smash. That like that is both of those moves. That that's like that's where those were born. Is in Zelda two. So where where do we move next? Your number seven was... The original Legend of Zelda. And this is where I put Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I have third. Yeah, you've got it pretty high. Yeah. Um, don't know how to reconcile this, but let's talk about, let's talk about the original Zelda. Okay. And uh, why it is where it is on, on your list and why I put it at like number five. I put it at number five. So... Why don't you start? Okay. Um, it's an 
we we played through the Legend of Zelda for NCS Classic Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go back and listen to those, and we liked this game. Yeah. This is a good game, and so this is one where I really struggled. I think at one point I had it high as like fourth. Um, but the thing I kept coming back to is like it is a really great game, and it's still super playable. But it's very much a product of its time and is very like again almost like impenetrable unless you have a guide i will agree with that that it is it is probably too difficult for its own good uh not like difficult combat wise but just like in knowing where you're going figuring out what you're doing there's no way that we would have made it through um that final dungeon i would have rather kill myself <laughs> but i wondered like because at, at that point and we've talked about this that every time we play a game for um ncs classic that we like get to a point near the end of it or near like the end of a world where we're like oh i just want this to be over so we can talk about it um and so i wonder if we were feeling any of that or like if we were able to approach it on our own time and just be like okay all i'm doing today is dungeon number nine if it would would be as frustrating. It's not necessarily the dungeons itself that I mm-hmm. find limiting. It's the fact that, it again, you have those things where you just would not be able to find anything unless you went around and, like, used your candle on every bush. Right. Right? Or, like, because, there's, because the system's limited, there's no visual clues of like where the secret things are. Yeah. And again, I can understand how that's appealing. Again, I don't think it's a bad game. I right, can understand right, right, right. how that's appealing, but I I think it limits it uh like how good of a game it is. Sure. And, and kind of limits its like playability unless you either know it from when you were a child or um have other people who are playing it with you right then or you have a guide yeah i mean like not to get ahead of ourselves but i feel like breath of the wild takes all the ideas of the original legend of zelda and um makes them fully formed yes and so yeah i i uh with breath of the wild existing like which one am i going to somebody who has never played a zelda game sit down and have them play it's not going to be the Legend of Zelda. See, okay, now that that's interesting because um, if we uh, go to uh, my list and what what I've got here is I've got Majora's Mask, which is like the only game on this list that is as weird as that game is, right? Um, and is so off the formula of the rest of the games. So I think that's sort of why I put it there. I I recognize that it's a good game. Um, but uh, is so unlike the Zelda that I know, and especially is so not representative of what Zelda is. Um, like, it's almost a better kind of random ad- adventure game than it is um, a-, a Zelda game. So, and I think that's why I have it third, is yeah. for that reason, is it's, it's like a combo breaker. It's like all these games are pretty much riffing on the same notes sure you know they're all covers of the same song and then here's something that's just like totally different here's the bridge right right to everybody else's uh chorus sure sure sure. i i I get what you're saying there it just it for me it makes it um 
it makes it like the black sheep of of this family. Okay, so I think we can reconcile this by talking about some of the ones we have in between. Yeah. And seeing if maybe we are we want to move something else down into seventh because I re- did you have Twilight Princess at six? I do have Twilight Princess at number six. So where do you have Twilight Princess? At six as well. Okay. It, but I went back and forth between Legend of Zelda over Twilight Princess. Um, and the reason I eventually settled on this is because I think the temples in Twilight Princess are maybe the best in the series. Yeah, I agree with that. Even though I think the package around it, I don't particularly care for. See, I, man, it's (laughs) so hard because in some ways I think that Twilight Princess is doing Ocarina of Time, but better oh absolutely and so there was also a version of this list where i had ocarina of time below like at, in number seven which yeah. i would be okay with with putting ocarina lower yeah okay so yeah i there's a lot of ocarina of time is a great game yeah absolutely <laughs> it's a great game it changed the way that we thought zelda games could be played first 3d zelda it's a big deal right mm-hmm. um and the 3d remake of it amazing right like looks controls everything about it is great i do think that in a lot of ways twilight princess it adds so much more that's in some ways it's better and in some ways it's overloaded so here's my thing with ocarina of time is i get i agree that it's like a trailblazer and in a <laughs> you right and in a lot of ways is a great game yeah but in a lot of ways it's not a very good game at all and if it weren't like it does i mm-hmm. don't feel like the 64 version holds up yeah. and if it weren't for the us including the 3d remakes in this i would have it easily uh below twilight twilight princess sure yeah and i think i think that it's so weird though right because like uh when you're playing either of the 3d remakes they also then become portable games which makes them a different experience right or at least in, in, in some capacity, it makes them a different experience. One of the reasons that Breath of the Wild is so good is that um, you're able to approach it any way you want, and that extends out into the real world. You can play it sitting in front of your TV, or you can play it you know, out at the park when your dog wakes you up because you've been playing all night. <laughs> I don't know if we can... I mean, I don't know that that has any effect over my rankings. Like, I don't know if we can t- take that into account so i don't know if we can take it into account but i also don't know that we can dismiss it entirely well i don't i don't know that we can remove our experiences playing them on the on the platforms we played them on you know what i mean like um i think if i hadn't played twilight princess in the remake that i would be tempted to that i I wouldn't have as high an opinion of it as i do right now and i still have it at number six on my (laughs) list but i mean yeah, go ahead. Well, so I was just going to say, here's my pitch to you. Yeah. Is we, t- is we move Ocarina to seven. Okay. So from the bottom up, we're going Skyward Sword, Zelda 2, the Ocarina of Time. Now that means that the following games, I'm going to just read off the list of what, what's left. The following games are better than Ocarina of Time. Right? Are you yeah, ready? I'm ready. I'm bracing myself. <laughs> okay. A Link to the Past, Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker, The Legend of Zelda, 
Twilight Princess, and Majora's Mask. So I don't really disagree with any of that, except, again, maybe The Legend of Zelda. So I almost want to lump The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, and Ocarina of Time into, like, the next group here. That, like, if, if the bottom is Skyward Sword and Zelda 2, that, like, the... Those are like, we'll say those are the bad games. And then the middling games, and this is all relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We don't have to explain ourselves. No, no, no. (laughs) No one's listening. Unless you're in Australia. (laughs) Right. If you're in Australia, let us know, and we'll apologize and rewrite the list for you. Um, So uh, Twilight Princess, The Legend of Zelda, and Ocarina of Time are sort of the next tier of games, which leaves A Link to the Past. Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker, and Majora's Mask as like our S-class games. Which is interesting because you have Majora's Mask much lower than that. I do. I th- I think I have baggage with Majora's Mask that's unfair to the game um, because it stresses me out. Um, because I would fix the Goron City. <laughs> it was all snowy. I made it not snowy. They were happy. I got some stuff from them. And then I needed to warp back to the beginning of the 72-hour period. And everything is ruined again. But I but I think that's I think that's fair. I I'm like, you know, I don't I don't think that you should ignore that when you're doing these rankings. Like how this game makes you feel. Right. Especially because it is such an emotional game. But see It's the only thing it has going for it, honestly. Yeah, but that's so I think I'm like a mature enough uh, consumer of uh, game narrative art, whatever you want to say, that I can appreciate something that is that effective at making me feel something, even if I don't like what I'm feeling. So like, I think there is a magic to Majora's Mask. I may not always like the spell it casts on me, but I think there is genuine magic there and even if that means that uh i end up putting it on on the bottom end of our s class games i'm i'm okay with that okay so focusing on number seven let so let's say those three are our middling games okay right or our games in the middle then they are legend of zelda twilight princess and ocarina of time great so of those three which one would you rank the lowest Oh man. And I think the answer again for me is Legend is of the Zelda. The original Legend of Zelda. It's just so open is the thing. Like you can walk into dungeons in the wrong order. You can get your butt handed to you by like wandering into the wrong area. You can spend all day burning down bushes if you want to or trying to burn down bushes. <sighs> it 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 does do it does do that but i think other games do it better okay here's here's what i'll here's what i'll pitch to you we can go zelda next but then ocarina of time and then twilight princess putting twilight princess above ocarina of time let's say we agree the legend of zelda is seven and then we'll move on from there. No. <laughs> this is part of a bargaining chip. Why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? Well, because... <laughs> we, can, we can say tentatively that Legend of Zelda is seven. Okay. Are you writing these down? Uh, I am now. Okay, yes. great. Um, so... Go ahead. Twilight Princess over Ocarina of Time. 
that's my vote. That Ocarina of Time is number six, Twilight Princess number five. So my, I'm, I think I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, my gut instinct is that the overall experience of playing Ocarina of Time for the first time was more amazing because like we had never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. The story in Ocarina of Time is actually pretty cool with some cool like twists and turns in it. Uh, the temples are n- not the best the series has ever had, but they're solid, especially for first entries in yeah, 3D sure. Zelda. Whereas, again, I feel like Twilight Princess has great temples and, mm, you know, like, I don't know about everything else. Yeah, I mean, Twilight Princess... Really hits and misses. Twilight Princess, for me, has... Um, there's, like, kind of the surface-level story, which uh, is, you know, like, Link messing around with, like, the town people and, like, people being kidnapped and whatever, whatever, and fighting Ganon. But the the Twilight people and Midna in particular, I think Midna is one of the stronger characters in the Zelda series um, that, like, I would put her, you know, when... Uh, um, when Hyrule Warriors came out, you know, they were like, you can play as Link or Zelda or all these other characters. And I'm like, who are all these other characters? Why would I care? Oh, Midna's in there. That's a character that I actually care about. Yeah, I guess when I think about it, Twilight Princess has a lot of amazing moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what town you go into where it's kind of like a little uh, Wild West. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, it's a throat. That's a nod to um, Zelda 2, by the way. That there's like an, an a ghost town um like that. Oh yeah. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Um uh, Yeah, I, I think I think I'm okay with it. Okay. I think I'm okay with that. All right, let's 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 do this. So Ocarina of Time is now <laughs> number six. Mm-hmm. Uh do we get kicked off the internet for doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Twilight Princess. Is number five. I mean, I, I really think the great thing about this, like we've said before, is that they're all, for the most part, really good games. Oh, absolutely. And, and so it's not, so it's like, whatever order you put them in, it's pretty much fine. Right. Also, the order that we put them in is definitive. Oh, yeah. Course. Sorry, that part. A hundred percent. These games could be put in any order, but we are putting them in the correct order. In the order. correct order. Right. Which cannot be refuted or argued. This leaves us with the following games to round out the top four. Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, I'm going to stop saying Legend of Zelda, (laughs) Wind Waker, and Breath of the Wild. So, where do you have Wind Waker? This is a great question. Um, Wind Waker, I've got it number three. Okay. Below Breath of the Wild. And I've got Link to the Past at my number one. Um, And this is another one I'm sure I'm bringing my own uh whatever to it um and you you've got breath of the wild number one link to the past two and i this is another one that i could go yeah go either direction either way um and where where is wind waker for you i have it fifth fifth um i had it below ocarina of time okay and i would i could see it going for me i could see it going below twilight princess oh okay but again this is where like how it's all so nebulous because before i did not have it that way right my original list had wind waker 5 and twilight princess 6 right but like well, I, my my original list has the original legend of zelda higher <laughs> so it 
I've got it at number five on my list. So I don't uh, I don't know how we do how we round this out. Mark. I mean, other than perfectly, which right. is what we're doing. We're nailing right. it in all regards. No, I, I'm saying I don't know how we do it. I know that we are going to suffer. <laughs> we are going to get there, and then we will have the definitive list. Um. So I could see I could put Wind Waker below Twilight Princess, and again, it comes down to the dungeons. Sure, and the dungeons aren't Wind Waker's strong suit is the thing. No, like, and th- there are so few of them, and like there are two of them that are great, right? The the two where you're uh, running around with the support characters, either that little Korok guy, whose n- name I forget, but man, he's cute, and um the other one with medley where she's like reflecting light with her harp um and you're reflecting it with a shield so it really is a game that it's like what do you want out of a zelda game mm, okay you know yeah. do you want is it like the world that you want to dive into because we talked about how like majora's mask is its own weird thing and in a lot of ways wind waker is too yeah yes that i think that's right but i think wind waker is its own it's like a twist on the like promise of the open world from the original Zelda. Like I think until Breath of the Wild came out, that Wind Waker was the closest thing to realizing a full Hyrule, even though it's flooded, you know, and you're only able to get to civilization or land on these uh, discrete islands. Wind Waker was the first game I ever pre-ordered. Like oh. I was so ex- I was super excited for Wind Waker. Yeah, and I think my judgment of it is, um. Maybe a little bit different from yours because I haven't played the HD remake, uh-huh. which I think fixes some of the problems with the original game. Yeah, so it it uh, slims down the um, Triforce piece uh, fetch quest near the end of the game. Oh, it doesn't have to be at the end of the game. It can be like scattered throughout. Um, but yeah, it, it trims that down considerably, and it does add a fast travel sail. Um, which isn't like immediate, but it is a, a more quick way to get around the oceans, which is necessary. Otherwise, you are spending a lot of time in that game simply sailing the oceans. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I I see. I see what you mean. Um, that there's maybe more. That it it too is an oddity. But talking myself into placing it higher than Twilight Princess. I like the fact that it's an oddity. I like the fact that it's not the grim, dark Twilight Princess, right. which is such an overcorrection from the response to Wind Waker. Yeah, uh, it's so funny to me that Wind Waker was kind of like despised that it was derided at the time. <laughs> yeah, because now Toon Link is its own like huge franchise. Right, people are calling it Zelda because <laughs> it's cel shaded. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I I I feel good about having it. Above Twilight Princess, I think. Okay, so does it need to come next, or does Majora's Mask come next? So I have Majora's Mask at number three, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, that's where I've got Wind Waker. Okay, so but so let's just do Wind Waker and Majora's Mask. Debate which one is yeah. the better game, and Great. then we'll know placement. Uh, so these are both games that got different versions of them later which improve uh all of their like weird little quirks considerably um oh man they are both so different and they almost seem like different ends of like the zelda spectrum right that 
um, Majora's Mask has so much of that like character interaction, and um, Wind Waker is so much more about like exploration and discovering this world. I I also think Wind Waker has more personality. Absolutely, yeah. you know, and that comes from the graphical advancements and the cell shading. Like it gives them the ability. Like all the characters have a lot of personality, mm-hmm. and it's very appealing. Uh, it's a very appealing world, whereas um, Termina is very dark. Yeah, and like it's suffocating and cramped you know like it's a stressful game by design yeah and like the world is stressful and it's kind of ugly and not just because it was on the n64 but just like you know right it's 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 ugly by design um and so i think i want to give it to wind waker as as the better game because i think it also has the more interesting narrative and has more to say about what the zelda series is Cause like, um, I mean, first of all, this is the coolest depiction we get of Zelda ever, right? When she is um the pirate captain Tetra for the first half of the game, um, that's so cool. The moment that you go down into the sunken Hyrule, I guess it's not sunken; it's just been uh, swallowed up by the seas. But when you go down into Hyrule Castle and like the knights, the Hylian knights are like fighting moblins, and it's all like frozen in time. That's so cool and like it has such reverence for the world that hyrule was before um and like the opposite and i think is part of what makes uh, majora's mask so so appealing is that like it burns all that down majora's mask destroys the world every three days you know um ah one one is so like reverent and like holy and the other one is punk rock in in my (laughs) mind and both those things obviously have so much value yeah i I find wind waker um appealing for so many reasons but i think i like majora's mask better as a game or i i think i like majora's mask like um as far as again like temples uh, as far as like the world no as far as the world itself like mm. all the things you mentioned, I think Wind Waker is better. Right. Um, but for like the effect you have on the world and the effect that um and yeah. for like how different it is, because Wind Waker is super reverent and but also is within the Zelda formula. Yeah. It's a celebration of Zelda games, whereas like Majora's Mask is not really a Zelda game. Sure. I mean, I, I think I'll push back a little bit on it being in the Zelda formula because I think it takes elements of the Zelda formula and reinvents them in a way that like you don't see the other games do. Like um, the, the Koroks are kind of a twist on the Kokiri, the uh, forest dwelling people from Ocarina of Time, but they're so different. They're little like tree sprites. They're literal tree people. And the... Um, Rudo are these like bird people which you know you're in a world that is flooded it's covered with water those could have been Zora right those could have been fish people but like I don't know the 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 fact that Wind Waker seems to have had a more lasting impact on the series going forward than um than Majora's Mask which again feeds into this same narrative of like reverence versus uh irreverence um yeah i okay so if if we go if we went wind waker then majora's mask what do we have above that 
So then after that are just the top two. Oh, okay. Then we have to... Then we got to figure out if we go Breath of the Wild or uh, Link to the Past number one. So right now I've got Link to the Past number one, Breath of the Wild number two. I can flip those kind of no problem, right? Like I won't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think there, I don't think, I don't feel like that's giving up anything to, to, to switch those. Um, but I do sort of feel like for me, I want to see Wind Waker at three and Majora's Mask at four. And that would be bringing Majora's Mask way up from way your up list, on right? my list, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't, I don't want us to think about like where it's moving. You know, right, right, right. Stuff right. on my list or what's on yeah. your list. All I want is for us to get to the undisputable truth. Yes, of the that's, way these that's games all. Are ranked. That's all any of us want. Right. Um. Should we go ahead right now and pencil in um, Breath of the Wild 1, Link to the Past 2? Or is that a conversation we need to have? I think it's a conversation we need to have. Okay. Um, do we need to finish? Do we need to lock this down first? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we can move on until we, finish, until we figure this out. Because, the, the, like, you know, we're doing the, if we're doing this in s- chunks, sure, it doesn't make sense to me to, like move on yeah especially when it seems like those are mostly locked like this is a debate between three and four and then one and two so we're at a little bit of an impasse here right yeah i i guess where um the reason that i see wind waker or actually more correctly why i see majora's mask as a little more praiseworthy mm-hmm. or a little more like a little bit higher is because I think in this list, we need those games that like, like I mentioned before, like break the Zelda formula yeah. and do it well. Whereas like looking back in hindsight, you had Zelda two, which at the time wasn't really a break of the formula because the formula didn't exist. Right. I mean, it, but it actually, kind of adheres to the formula and that like you're going to dungeons collecting items so that you can progress to the next dungeon right that's true and in majora's mask has those elements right but in a less like linear kind of way yes exactly yeah. so that that's that's what i like but i do go back to where it's like well majora's mask was a one-off like oddity like it didn't have an effect on zelda as a franchise in the way that Wind Waker ended up having. Except I... So I'll, I'll argue the, the other way on this too, that I think Majora's Mask does a lot for the like overall tone of Zelda or for like the mystery surrounding Zelda. Um, remember there was a, a couple months ago when that uh, Majora's Mask animated short came out that someone had, had put together? Um, that's the kind of thing, like, the game captures imaginations in a way that the other games in the series, like, don't. There's the the story of the Skull Kid happening upon this mask and being, like, corrupted by this insane evil that is going to crash the moon into a city and <laughs> destroying it um, is so weird and so interesting of a thing to, like, hang the, the narrative's hat on. And then everything around there everything around it is so different too. Um, like those are people at the, at the end of the world. Um, 
you know, one of the things we, or one of the things I like about Breath of the Wild is that you see how people have adapted to like the world having ended, and um, Majora's Mask is sort of the other side of that of them before that happens. I don't know. It, it all it all just seems so well observed. You're right. You kind of yeah. are. Yeah. I, I mean. So my vote is uh, Wind Waker, and then going from bottom to top. Right. Right. Is Wind Waker, Wind Waker and Waker then Majora's and Mask. then Majora's Mask. I really hope the microphone is picking up. Scratching me rubbing your... my mustache. <laughs> mustache. It's helping me think. Okay, let's do that. Okay. I reserve the right to start crying here at some point and, <laughs> and change it. I don't think I will, but I may. Sure. Okay. Uh, Wind Waker number four, Majora's Mask number three. Now, that brings us to the tippity top, cream of the crop, link to the past, versus... Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. And my list also went back and forth on this. Like, I, these were always my top two, but I would sometimes have Link to the Past on top, and I would sometimes have Breath of the Wild. And the reason I went with Breath of the Wild is because I feel like it takes everything that all the Zelda games have done well and done it better and, like, performed not perfected because there are problems with not yeah there are problems with the game Mm -hmm. like um i i personally in my playthrough found that when i because exploration is the selling point of this game absolutely like the um like i said like getting to ganon was no problem because i easily could have revolved gailed up three times onto one of those like um uh sheikah things that are sticking out of the ground around Hyrule Castle. Right. And then literally just flown right in, into right? the So room, it's right. like, so, um, and the Divine Beasts are a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and since exploration does play such a big part, the game is amazing when you're, uh, when you're first exploring, you're like, this world is endless. But then once you've filled out your map and you've seen all the towers, it begins to feel smaller. Yeah. And when, which is not bad but it's just like it feels less exciting when you're like oh i have reached the limits of this game right so i think i think we've talked a lot about breath of the wild on this show this episode and (laughs) all previous episodes and we'll probably continue to talk about it absolutely let's make a case for why a link to the past deserves to be in either the number one or number two spot so i love a link to the past Yes. But, um, and so, yes, we should sing its praises. But I will say the, the reason I don't like it as much as Breath of the Wild is because it is limited and it is limiting. You know, like you, mm-hmm. um, they did gate your advancement. Absolutely. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a, it's not a bad thing, especially given the, uh, the time that the game came out. Um, but like, there are for as uh mostly linear as that game is there are so many like little overworld i'm gonna say chores i don't mean it that way but there are so many overworld chores that you can do between dungeons that you can either do 
you know, all at once when you're like, oh, I've been grinding on these dungeons forever. And there are so many dungeons in the game, right? There there are the first three before you go to the dark world and then like six or seven in the dark world and the last um, area. Like there's there's just so much of it. It just keeps coming at you. And, um, you know, the, the fact that the game has both like light and dark worlds. It's the first time um, the series is playing with that kind of duality and bouncing back between versions of of the world. Uh, I I just remember that kind of stuff blowing my mind as a, as a kid and still being like functionally cool when you play the game now. And the game is kind of timeless. Yes. Um. It like the, that sixteen bit era is the perfect kind of time because yeah. and it's the one that so many um indie creators go to when they are making games yeah it's because that like pixel art ages really gracefully in a way that like eight eight bit pixel art does not right i think yeah it, like it's interesting that like we fetishize eight bit music but it's 16 bit art that we're actually fetishizing well and i think the soundtrack in um phenomenal is in link to the past also holds up really really well uh so I, I think it's a ph- phenomenal game. Yeah. Um, and that definitely set a template for what Zelda would be for a very long time. Right. Like, that, that was all capital letters there, right? Yeah. What Zelda would be. <laughs> you know, for a bracelet. Right. <laughs> WWZWB. <laughs> um, but yeah, because like even Ocarina of There's Time. There's too many W's at the beginning of that. <laughs> uh, even Ocarina of Time is just riffing on what was established in yeah. a link to the past. Yeah, a- a- exactly. Um it, down to like the first you're collecting three objects, then the world changes, then you're collecting more, you know, and like there's like a dark world and a light world and, and you and pull the master sword halfway through and and because Ocarina of Time became the template for 3D Zeldas, it you know, you can trace all of that back to a link to the past. Right, which yes, yeah, exactly. And you know, we were talking before about how the original Zelda and Zelda 2 like can't really subvert the formula because there was no formula yet. A Link to the Past is what establishes that formula. Like it it is That's interesting actually. Now that now that I'm saying it, like I wonder if A Link to the Past like its natural endpoint uh or its like uh the best versions of it is Twilight Princess. And the original Zelda, like if we're doing analogies, right? Um, a Link to the Past is to Twilight Princess as the original Zelda is to Breath of the Wild. Like I think Breath of the Wild is the realization of the series that the first game started, whereas Twilight Princess is the realization of the series that um, A Link to the Past started. That's interesting. I not speaking with quality necessarily. Yeah, but. no, but like the and but the reason why I I like that a lot. But I think that Breath of the Wild incorporates the lessons learned from mm-hmm. like a link, link to the past and all the way through Twilight Princess. And, and it doesn't even like, in Majora's Mask too, I think. I think it's got some of those lessons in there too. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't uh, like like you're praising Wind Waker for, which is like a cel- celebration of the series, mm-hmm. I really feel like that's what Breath of the Wild is. Uh, so I agree. I do agree with that, and I think Breath of the Wild is an amazing, an amazing game. I worry about placing it too highly on this list, 
like the top (laughs) (laughs) because we have been talking about it for the last two months we've been excited about it we love playing our switches this is like the new you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i think i think it is entirely possible that it does in fact belong at number one on this list which by the way is definitive (laughs) but no no but but you're right i thought about this too like we do run the risk of it being like this is we don't see how it ages Yes. We don't know what comes next. We yes. don't know how... It, like, we're saying that A Link to the Past is timeless. We don't know if that's true for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. We, we may only look, know it in the two months it's existed. Yeah, we may look at Breath of the Wild like we look at Ocarina of Time, where we're like, wow, that was a tentpole moment in Zelda for sure. That's right. when, like, the, the series iterated again. Right. And, like, reinvented itself. Mm-hmm. But... And it changed gaming forever. But we don't love it anymore. Yeah, like that's possible that that's in this game's future. But I, I, but you know, like, um, I, I don't think we can allow the that like idea of like, yeah, but what happens next mm-hmm. to limit us? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I mean, it's not a perfect analogy, but that's basically what like history is: is you're always recontextualizing given the information you have, and right. given the information we have, I like. I genuinely believe Breath of the Wild may be one of the like best games ever made. Yeah, I think I think that's entirely possible too. Um I will I have frequently called uh Link to the Past my favorite video game period when I'm not saying uh Super Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think uh yeah, I, I think I think that that that's all so hard. Um and like there's a uh there's an Alexander Pope poem that says uh, that ev- every time you add a book to a shelf, it changes all the books that were on there before it um, and will be affected by every book that you put on after it. And it, it, it is frustrating to only have the books that came before Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm happy putting Breath of the Wild at number one. Just out of curiosity, uh, what was your reasoning for putting it behind a link to the past uh, i think just kind of the things that i was saying that um the the world is obviously so much stra- uh, smaller um but the way that it recontextualizes itself to give you a light and dark version of the same world i i think it, it it's a trick that um that ocarina pulls off but uh it's so much more meaningful in a link to the past to um, I don't know, the, that world seems more realized in the first place, so to get a twist on it um, felt so much more like exciting and so much more like limitless. Um, also, the, the, uh, like, A Link to the Past is obviously a, like, smaller, but the map is huge. Yeah. Like, there is a lot going on in it, and it feels varied and different, mm-hmm. like, even more than The Legend of Zelda did. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's like the regions are different and the people in the regions are different and what you can do in each region is different. Yeah. It's the first time you start getting like specific items in dungeons and, Mm -hmm. you know, like specific armors. Right. Yeah, specific armors and like the overworld having, uh, once you pick up that book that you can start learning magic spells by these just little slabs of magic that are just scattered throughout the the world. I mean, Legend of Zelda had different colored tunics. Yes. But... Link to the Past was, like, the first one that had, like, fins or, yes. like, the speed boots and stuff like that. Right. Different uh, methods of traversal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just such a good game. Um, 
And I also feel like the boss fights in that game, for, for their simplicity, are still super engaging and super fun. Like, they're, they're the best. They're the realization of what was promised by the boss fights in the original Zelda, where you're like, oh, this could be cool if they messed with this at all. Um, and they're a fun mix of, like, having to use the item that you picked up in that dungeon and just being smart and playing the game well. Yeah, I would say that's actually one area where, like, Ocarina of Time wasn't an improvement. Yeah. Is, uh, the like, the bosses. Right. Because, again, the Ocarina of Time ones are basically iterating on what was established in Link to the Past. It's just realizing it in 3D, which is a huge accomplishment. Right, just to have done that. But as far right. as like actually like playing it and having it be fun to do, uh, Link to the Past is better. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I agree with that 100%. So, yeah, I... Let's do it. Let's put, let's I, put Breath of the Wild... At number one, and uh, and then in five years we can come back and laugh and laugh and laugh at our ignorance. We'll laugh and laugh and laugh, but then we'll say, "Well, it was definitive." And <laughs> well, we were, yeah, it was definitive for the time. <laughs> but we reserve, we obviously reserve the right when a new Zelda comes out, right, to re-examine, right. And in the future, we will have to uh, ex- explore other lists, um, like uh, there are handheld Zelda games, there are Zelda spinoff games. And then at some point we'll merge all three lists together and see, oh, man. and see what we get. And it's just one series. So what's our definitive list? Our definitive list. Bottom to top. Bottom to top. Coming in at number nine, Skyward Sword. Followed by number eight, Zelda 2. Number seven, The Legend of Zelda. Still hurts me a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. Number six is Ocarina of Time. Number five is Twilight Princess. Four is Wind Waker. Three is Majora's Mask. Two is a, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. And at number one, Breath of the Wild. All right. Do you have any regrets? Or, like, is there anything you, you're looking at it now and you're, you're rethinking? No. I like that this list is obviously definitive, but it is, I think, very specifically you and I. Um, I think if we were tossing this out to some people who weren't you and I, that Ocarina would be higher, um, and that list would just then not be definitive. Well, we are tossing this out to people who aren't you and I. I mean, not to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would, I am genuinely interested in, um, getting listeners their own definitive list. Yes. It's obviously not definitive definitive, because ours clearly is the most definitive ours is definitive and official so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can have you can have your your own definitive lists but it won't be the official list um and i i love yeah i would also love to see other people's lists write into us um at a nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com gmail. or tweet at us which is a good place to be angry on twitter uh we'll get it's right what back. it was built for <laughs> I, I think that's right um but yeah i want to get i want to get into uh discussions about this so um if we've misrepresented your favorite zelda game and you think skyward sword should be higher if we've misrepresented uh a link to the past and it should be at the bottom of the list let us know um I think this can be a bunch of fun conversations. Mark, how do you feel uh, about about our list? I feel pretty solid. Uh, again, when you're reading it, there are times where you're just like, oh man, how can we put Legend of Zelda this low? I would, now that we like talk through uh, Skyward Sword, I would probably put it above Zelda 2 because I really hated that, like the game. But your love of it, or like of it, right. makes more sense for it to be 
where it is. Anyways, it's a, yeah. It's an intense like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the definitive list. Uh, top to bottom, one more time. No, now from top to bottom, Breath of the Wild, Link to the Past, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, and Skyward Sword. I like it. Put it in the book. It's in the book. This is the first time we're trying this sort of like definitive ranking. If you liked it, let us know. Or if you didn't like it, don't. Or let us know, I guess. Let us know Especially if you're you. from Australia. Yeah. I mean, if you're from Australia, let us know whatever you want. Because, I mean, we could get into this for Mario if we wanted to. Yes, we could. I want to do that now. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at NinCart Society or check us out on Facebook. It's just Nintendo Cartridge Society is the Facebook page. Um, if you have a second, we would love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. Share with your friends. You're listening to this the day it comes out, so we know already that you're a good fan. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, you can check out some other What's Creative podcast um, podcasts. They're all good. Mark and I were recently on an episode of Playing Favorites where we reenacted Star Wars, the original 1977 classic, which I guess I would rank below Ocarina of Time. Ooh, <laughs> no, we'll have to talk about that off mic. <laughs> um, so check that out. It was a lot of fun. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, you can check out our reviews of comic books on retcompunch.com or you can watch us play uh D D and the we're in the Chainbreakers Union of the Dungeoneers Union. Right? On Twitch we're Dungeoneers Union. We're Dungeoneers Union. Uh Tuesday, seven o'clock Pacific time. Uh, um Mark plays a, a heroic halfling and I play a paladin. Does th- th- this doesn't matter. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can check out his music by going to apipetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, it's okay, original Zelda. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.